0: almost every week it seems like a car company makes a claim that they have or will have a tesla
1: killer they don't but you know what for sake of argument let's say they do let's say starting right now every other auto manufacturer comes out with an ev offering that is as safe as fun to drive as technologically advanced including all the driver assist features as efficient with as much range for the same price or cheaper with service centers over-the-air updates The games, the fart modes, everything a Tesla has.
0: And for the sake of argument, let's say they can do all of it and they can make as many of them as customers demand. No supply
1: issues. Even if the other auto manufacturers could do all that, they would not be able to beat Tesla. And here's why. It's the superchargers, stupid. I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching In Depth. On Now You Know. Do you ever feel like you're getting dumber? You know we're about to start the show right now, right? I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm not using my brain enough, like I'm not putting enough real learning in.
0: No, I know what you mean. That's why I love Brilliant.
1: Oh, right, you're talking about all the awesome courses that Brilliant offers on everything from gravitational physics to neural networks.
0: Yeah, Brilliant's courses are awesome, but I'm talking about their daily challenges. Daily challenges? Yeah, in addition to Brilliant's fantastic courses, they have these daily challenges that really stimulate your brain. What's really cool about these daily challenges is that they keep you engaged even between courses. Yeah, that's why we love Brilliant. With Brilliant's interactive problems and hints, you're actually learning at your pace in a
1: way that sticks in your brain. Yeah, I love how Brilliant brings subjects to life. There's just so much to learn. I'm gonna start a daily challenge right now. Brilliant teaches over 60 different courses in really easy to
0: understand ways. Over 10 million people have learned from Brilliant. Maybe now isn't the best time. Uh, We have to start the show. Really to cool. support our channel and learn more about Brilliant, go to brilliant.org slash now, you know, and sign up for free. And also the first 200 people that go to that link will get 20% off the annual premium subscription. All right. Now we have to start the show. Just Come on. So, you know, I've been shaving with my Henson shaver for months now. Yeah, I'm still a little jealous. And you know how you get the 100 free blades. Yep. I've been shaving for months. I haven't really made a dent in the blades and I've been changing the blade every time i shave so it's a brand you're trying to
1: get through the 300 blades huh
0: i'm doing the best i can and it's actually hard to get through all these blades i think that if i was like really trying to make them last I could probably shave for maybe three years. Yeah. So head on over to Henson Shaving and remember to use our code now you know to get hundred free blades.
1: Now, before we kind of start the show, let's just get this out of the way first. First of all, home charging is super important and can make nearly any EV a useful viable option for commuting or getting around town.
0: It's probably the most important aspect to EV ownership and adoption. It doesn't get talked about enough and maybe we'll make a whole in depth about
1: it someday. But as soon as you need to travel outside of the range of your car or have to make a bunch of or something out of the ordinary happens, charging networks and preferably fast charging is what you're gonna need. And that's what we're talking about today.
0: We've been waiting for Ford, BMW, GM, VW, somebody to build their own high-speed charging network, but year after year, they haven't. So at the end of 2012, Tesla started building their supercharger network. It wasn't anything much to talk about at first. By the end of 2013, they only had 61 locations, but
1: by the end of 2014, they had 292. Now, by the summer of 2016, when Jesse and I did our first cross-country tour in Sparky, Tesla had over 600 supercharger locations worldwide. Now, let's pause here, because I hear what some of you are yelling at your screens right now.
0: What about Electrify America? What about EVgo? What about ChargePoint and Blink?
1: Well, let's look at Electrify America for a second, okay? They just got to 730 high-speed locations. Not bad. They started the network in 2018. And four years later, they've reached about where Tesla was after that amount of time. So that's great. Oh, but hang on. Uh, How many actual charging stalls does EA have? 3,168. And how many charging stalls did Tesla have in the summer of 2016? About 4,800. Hmm. Okay. remember that. Hey, but don't forget EVgo. Oh, right. How many fast charging locations do they have? 854. And how many stalls? Uh, 1,752. Again, remember that number because that's about two stalls per location. So hang on, though. EVgo counts a high-speed location as having 43 kilowatts or higher. Let's be honest. Many of their locations are only 50 kilowatt chargers. And hang on to that thought because we're going to cover that more in a minute. Now, according to the U.S. Department of Energy, ChargePoint has 1,822 locations with high-speed DC fast charging and 1,844 ports. Funny, that's almost a one-to-one ratio.
0: But hang on, that sounds really high from what we've experienced. I mean, this
1: is what it says on the DOE website.
0: Okay, but let's check out just a few random sites. Let's go to ChargePoint.com. Okay. Let's click DC Chet mm-hmm. and DC Combo. Yep. How about this one? It's not far from us. Bill Rick of Massachusetts. Okay.
1: Well, so click on the more info uh-huh. uh, click there.
0: Yeah, see, it's only 24 kilowatts.
1: There are some Tesla destination chargers with more power than that. But according to the DOE, that same charger is a DC fast charger. How about this one up in Northampton, New Hampshire?
0: Yeah, see, only 24 kilowatts.
1: Now, we're not going to bore you. We went through dozens of random charge point sites from here to Ohio and beyond, and about 30% of them were only 24 kilowatts, or they were closed because they were at Mercedes dealers or Harley dealers.
0: But let's get back to charging networks. What about charging networks that don't belong to Electrify America, EVgo, or ChargePoint?
1: Well, there are 16 other charger networks in the U.S. with DC fast chargers. Blink, ChargeLab, eCharge, EV Charging Solutions, EV Connect, EV Gateway, Flow, FPL Evolution, GreenLots, Ivy, OpConnect, PowerFlex, Switch Energy, Volta, Wabasto, and ZEF Network. So
0: let's take every non-Tesla, non-EA, non-EVgo,
1: and non-ChargePoint DC fast charger in the U.S., So that means there are currently 876 locations with 1,700 ports. That shows you that there's about an average of two ports per location. Keep that number in mind.
0: (laughs) Now let's take all of these and add them to the EVgo, Electrify America, and ChargePoint. That would be every non-Tesla DC fast charger in the US. What is that total
1: right now? Okay, so you're talking 19 networks with 4,282 locations and 8,464 stalls. So again, remember those two numbers, or just remember the ratio. It's a basically two ports per location. It's going to be important. So now back to Tesla's supercharger network. We left off in the summer of 2016, but a lot has changed since then. Back then, Jesse and I had three possible routes across the U.S. with 292 supercharger locations in North America. Today,
0: there are over 1,430 supercharger locations in North America with over 10,000 stalls. There are 3,263 superchargers in the world and almost 30,000 stalls.
1: Again, remember that ratio. (laughs) That's about a 1 to 10 ratio, isn't it? But I bet we just lost you didn't we? Because if you remember a few minutes ago, we said that 19 non-Tesla charging networks have 4,282 locations and 8,464 stalls in North America. And we just said that Tesla only has 1,430 supercharger locations in North America with about 10,000 stalls. I mean, look at this map of all the non-Tesla DC fast chargers in the country. And then look at the map of just Tesla superchargers. Wait,
0: Tesla has less green dots. So then what the f*** are we talking about?
1: This is where all non-EV drivers lose the narrative. If you're an EV driver who has driven more than, let's say, 20 miles from your home, then you get it. But I promise you, nobody else does. The auto executives don't, the politicians don't, and potential car buyers don't. And that's because all green dots are not the same. Okay, so this brings us to point number one, kilowatts. How much power does a charger deliver when you get to a gas station? Well, I haven't been to one in years, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they all pretty much pump gas at the same speed. But that's not true with chargers.
0: A 24 kilowatt charger will take about three hours to charge a Tesla Model 3 from zero to 100. A 50 kilowatt charger would take about half that hour and a half. A 150 kilowatt charger would take about 45 minutes because of a tapering charge cycle. We'll get to that in a minute. And 250 kilowatt charger would take about 25 minutes, again,
1: because of the tapering. Now, until you start driving an EV, these numbers don't mean much because they're not real to you. Three hours, 45 minutes, what's the difference? There's a big difference. 20 minutes at a
0: charger is a coffee and a bathroom break.
1: Three hours is, what the heck am I gonna do for three hours? Your day's pretty much blown. Point number two, location. Now, we all know that in real estate, it's location, 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 right? Well, the same is true of charging. Would you like
0: to drive through traffic or windy back roads to get to a charger? Or would you like well-placed,
1: easy-to-get-to locations? Let's visit a non-Tesla location here on ChargePoint. How about this one in Manchester, New Hampshire? Looks like it's not far from a highway, so that's great. Yeah, what are you complaining about? Well, this is located at a Harley-Davidson dealership. Let's look at some of the comments on ChargePoint about it. Definitely not a DC fast charger. It's set up for it, but after 20 minutes, we only had increased by about 1%. I think it's functioning as a level two at the present time. Or this comment. The charging station is next to the service door at the Harley-Davidson dealership. Bikes were parked in the EV spots.
0: And location means more than just distance from a highway. It's also about the amenities while you're charging. I mean, I guess if the Harley dealership is open while you're charging, you could go in and look at the motorcycles, but I'd prefer bathrooms, somewhere
1: to grab a bite to eat or coffee. And I don't think you'll be doing that here. Most Tesla supercharger locations are placed near at least a convenience store or a mall. Now, we have the only map that we know of in the world. It's on the Now You Know channel website where people submit video supercharger reviews, where they show what's nearby the supercharger and they rate the supercharger from one to ten. And you know what? Most locations average an eight. Right from inside your Tesla, on the nav screen, you can see the amenities of every supercharger. Now, point number three is cost. How about the cost of charging? Well, here at this charge point charger, for instance, they charge 34 cents per kilowatt hour. And I know I just lost you. <laughs> you see, you're used to dollar per gallon
0: or euro per liter for gasoline and diesel, right? Most EV chargers are priced per
1: kilowatt hour. It's how you measure units of electricity. It's actually pretty simple. Just like a 10 gallon gas tank can hold 10 gallons of gas, a 75 kilowatt hour EV battery can hold 75 kilowatt hours of electricity. So if you pull into this charger and charge for two hours, you'll get 48 kilowatt hours of electricity in your battery. See, two hours times the fact that it's 24
0: kilowatts and you get 48 kilowatt hours. Now, how much money will that cost? 34 cents per kilowatt hour and you just got 48 kilowatt hours of electricity so 48 times 34 cents that's 16 dollars and 32 cents what are you complaining about that's less than you'd pay for
1: gas to go the same distance what i'm complaining about is uh if you were driving an ice car and you went to a gas station and it was like oh this is a pretty good price per gallon and you're happy and then tomorrow you needed gas and the gas stations you passed were all really expensive and you're like i guess i'll have to wait till i can find another station you would be in this uncertain area. We kind of like it as consumers when we kind of know what to expect, right? And for most part, because all the gas stations are competing, they're pretty much similar in price.
0: And here's where I like ChargePoint. They're very open and honest with their price. They're not all the same because ChargePoint doesn't
1: actually own the charging stations themselves. It's owned by those locations. That's a really good point. I just want to stress here. If there's a restaurant that puts in a ChargePoint charger, then that's the charger owned by the restaurant. Right. And they set the rate. And it could be free. Or it could
0: be a dollar per kilowatt hour, or they can have it so that way you plug in and the first two hours you get to park for free, but then there's a parking charge after a certain amount of time, or you could plug in and immediately the moment you plug in, there's a $5 parking fee. Yep. It's completely random. That's just on charge point. Right. If we go to Electrify America, we go to different ones. The, then you, there's different uh, levels of subscription. And oh, you want to join our network? Well, that's, uh, you know, eight dollars a month. But if you pay the ten dollars a month, you get a better rate when you plug in. It gets very complicated. And you're probably not going to just be on one charging network because they don't do all the same things so you're going to want to be on charge point then you're going to to be
1: on electrify america and we'll get to that in a minute but what we like about tesla is if you look here we're showing some screenshots of us checking out different prices at different superchargers they show you before you get there what you're gonna pay
0: and it's regional and it depends i mean two superchargers that are less than 50 miles apart can be a couple few cents different it depends on state lines and stuff like that but pretty easy to understand and you own a tesla you're pretty much signed up for their network.
1: And Tesla's not going to try and gouge you.
0: And another point is, even if you haven't set up your credit card on your Tesla account, you can still charge at a supercharger and accrue quite a big balance before you actually have to put a uh, credit card in. You might be going, well, who cares? Most of these chargers you pull up and you're not part of their system. Yeah, they you, you don't, don't get want anything. anything to do with you. Good so point. you won't be able to charge at all until you've set up an
1: account and you're usually standing there. Point number four is the number of stalls. Remember, we told you to keep those numbers in your head. So what if you need a charge and you pull into this charge point location and there's somebody already charging there? Crap, you either have to drive to another location or you're gonna be waiting, possibly for hours, while this person charges. And what if there's nobody in the car so you can't even ask them how much longer they plan to be there? At a Tesla Supercharger, first of all, there's an average of eight stalls. That means
0: that very rarely are they all taken. But even if all the spots are taken, Those spots are going to be
1: opening up frequently because of three reasons. Number one, there are many stalls. Number two, with high kilowatt charge speeds, Tesla's there charge up fast and leave fast. And number three, there are idle fees. If more than half of the stalls
0: are being used at a Tesla supercharger location, then you get charged an idle fee if you leave your car plugged in for more than five minutes after your car is done charging.
1: Not to mention that in a Tesla, you can see right on your screen how many stalls are being used at any supercharger in the world. So you can decide to drive to another supercharger location if you feel like that one looks too crowded. Many of these other charging networks only have one, two, or three chargers per location. What are the chances that they're gonna be available? And this is a big point that I have to make that I think gets overlooked by so many people. If you went to a gas station in your ice car and there was only two pumps, then you might be in line for a while. Good news with gas stations is it usually only takes about five minutes to fill a tank. So, you know, you can say, well, they'd be moving in and out pretty quickly but with a slow charger, a car can sit there for hours. Right, which means that you're gonna be waiting there for hours and you have no idea how long it's gonna take. And this is why most gas stations that you pass today have at least four or six pumps, because they know that customers don't wanna wait. Point number five is hours of operation. Cause let's face it, sometimes you need to pick someone up at the airport coming in on a red eye, or you're out for a late night. You need to be able to charge anytime, day or night, weekends, and holidays.
0: Almost every Tesla Supercharger location is open 24-7-365. Many are located near convenience stores and other businesses like hotels where even late at night you can sometimes find a bathroom
1: or even a cup of coffee or some help. That's just not true with most other chargers. Many are located in dark corners of parking lots or behind industrial buildings. Many are located in parking garages where you have to pay to park, even though you didn't really want to park, you just wanted to charge. Point number six has to do with another aspect of EVs that non-EV drivers just don't get. Every EV has a different max charging speed.
0: Car manufacturers and dealers like to say stuff like, oh yeah, this EV has
1: fast charging. But fast charging, as we've just seen, doesn't really mean anything. You have to put a number on it. You have to know the kilowatts. A Tesla Model 3 or Y, for instance, has a max charging speed of 250 kilowatts. A Chevy Bolt, has a max charging speed of 55 kilowatts. Now, which number sounds better to you, 250 or 55? Tesla's can charge
0: almost five times faster. And then there's something called a taper curve. As you charge closer and closer to full, your battery can't take as much juice as it could when it was empty. So the charger keeps asking your battery How you doing? And your battery goes, oh, I'm pretty full. Can you slow down a bit? So over the course of your charging session, your charging speed
1: slows down. You just can't shove 250 kilowatts into the battery for the whole charge. And so even if you buy a car that says, we have 150 kilowatts of max charging speed, it may not be as true as you think, because when you pull into charge, you won't be getting that speed for the entire time. And this is true of every car Teslas, Ford Mach E's, VW, ID4s, whatever. But it's very important to taper charge.
0: Now, you can basically put as much, you can shove as much energy into the battery as you want, but that might be damaging the battery. And right. this is something that we don't know yet. But many, many car manufacturers seem to have, instead of um, an intelligent feedback loop system of charging, seem to have kind of a pre-written script for what they're going to do. So it gets up to 80% state of charge, charging at like 60 kilowatts, which is pretty high, and then it'll just jump down to 20. And you're like, why is it now at 20 right. kilowatts? Well, well, that's because what the, that's what they wrote. Right. It's not based on any thermal data. It's not based on any battery data. It's just they wrote a program that said that that's what it should do. And we don't know what the long-term effects of that are
1: going to be. Remember LeafGate, where basically it's like our new Leaf can charge really fast. But then after you charge fast one day, then it wouldn't let you do it for the rest of the day. Right. Now, LeafGate was a
0: really big problem. Most of the other cars coming out don't have as big an issue but if their degradation starts to really start to ramp up we're only going to see this in the next few years as these cars age so that's just a kind of a a question but also you have to keep in mind that some of the most popular cars sold in the u.s don't have very
1: fast charging speeds point number seven a charger that isn't working is worthless In fact, it's worse than worthless. Yeah, here's an example. You're driving home from grandma's house one night with the whole family in the car. You need to charge to make it home, so you open your PlugShare app, you see that there's a DC fast charger on your way, great. You pull into the charger stall with 20 miles left in the battery, you get out of your car, you plug it in, and nothing happens. Hmm, what? Uh, You unplug and you plug it in again, nothing happens. You call the number on the charger and they tell you to unplug and try again. Uh, I already tried that, but you do it and it still doesn't work. I have kids. I need to get home in the car. I'm sorry, sir. It looks like there's something wrong with this charger.
0: God damn it. Right. You're not going to have a fun night. And we speak from experience. We both own Nissan Leafs and you can't charge at Tesla superchargers. So we've been to tons of other charging networks and guess what? They break all the time.
1: One that you went to and was fine last week can be broken this week. There's really no rhyme or reason to it and it's super frustrating. But look at this graph. Tesla superchargers have near perfect uptime. Now, I don't
0: know exactly what's wrong with these DC fast chargers that have been installed. I think it's because they have bright red buttons on the front that you can hit to stop. And I think that people just walking around go, oh, a button, and they press it. And I think that screws something
1: up. I also think because their networks have to have a screen and input from people. Um, it, and a credit card reader. Exactly, there's, and the there's way more to
0: be connected. Exactly. And,
1: there's way more to get broken. With superchargers, you see there's no screens. Uh, And you're like, well, then how does this operate? Where's the button? There is no button. We're going to talk about that in a second. But I did go on to try and find what the uptime percentage was for these other networks. And guess what? You can't find it. They don't publish it. If it was great, they'd publish it. They don't. And from our own experience, along with... Hundreds of others of you writing to us every week, we know that their networks suck.
0: And I'm not saying that these other networks is uptime is like 20 percent or something like that. I'm saying, yeah, it's probably 80, 90 percent. But guess what? 80 or 90 percent is not a sure
1: thing. Yeah. If you went to a gas station and one time out of 10, no gas came out, you would stop going to that gas station. Point number eight. What charging network is this? We just told you that there are 19 charging networks in the US. To make sure that you can charge at all of them, guess what? You need accounts with pretty much all of them. I mean,
0: you wouldn't want to get stuck on a trip not being able to charge because you don't have a Blink account, would you?
1: So we didn't belong to Blink, but it only took a couple minutes to um, go into the Blink system, put in your credit card. They charge, I think it's 49 cents a kilowatt hour, and it charges at about, Uh, so about 14 miles an hour in the Tesla, uh, 24 amps. So not a great charge. So be prepared to have a stack of cards and a screen full of apps from a dozen companies. Fun, fun. Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. They all operate differently. Some are pretty easy. Some are Byzantine. And so you get to a charger, and a lot of times you're like, I don't even know what brand this is. Like if you go to GreenLots, for instance, it's not obvious that they're GreenLots. <laughs> and so you sit there like, uh, "What is this charge point? What is this? Until you find the app. I have plenty of examples of where I've pulled into a charger. I've gone through my wallet. I've gone through my apps to find the right app only to find out that, oh, I hadn't updated my app in a while because I hadn't been to this charge network in a while. And so I had to re-put in my credit card and do all this stuff. Not fun.
0: I mean, I just want to say some of these, they need to send you a card in the mail before you can charge. (laughs) Exactly. So that doesn't help you when you're standing at the charger, does
1: it? And that leads to point number nine. You're busy. You want to get back on the road. But guess what? Many chargers you get to will take minutes and minutes just to get the charge started. Why? You say it's 2022. I know. But many of these chargers have hardware and software that seem to be designed by people that are just learning how to build them.
0: How many times have we plugged into an Electrify America or EVGo stall, for instance, plugged in and then just had it
1: not engage after we blipped our card? It's like Russian roulette. Yeah. And so, again, back to your point, even if this only happens 10% of the time, and I would say it actually happens to us more than that, that would be like getting to a gas station and having it just not work one in 10 times, which means that just you cannot function you can't have a life where you drive a car and it doesn't work one out of 10 times whereas here's how it works at a tesla supercharger you back in you hop out you plug in no cards no fobs just plug in and seconds later seconds later you're charging at incredible speeds that's it takes a bit quicker than what he just said it it, it's literally that fast and that easy yeah no thinking whatsoever and that leads us to point number 10 how's the charge going You plug in your Tesla, you go for a walk to a nearby coffee shop, you make a phone call, you take a bathroom break. Oh, and oh yeah, how many more minutes do I have before I'm charged enough to get on my way? Your Tesla app tells you, you have four minutes left.
0: Tesla calculates how much charge you need in order to get to your next destination. All you have to say is, I want to go to a
1: destination. It will plot a route for you going through the superchargers. It does all the thinking for you. Many other EVs don't tell you anything. You have to walk back to the car, get into the car, look at the progress screen. I'm at 56%. Um, How many more minutes do I need to stay here until I have enough juice to get going? So let's see, I'm charging at 16 kilowatts and home is 82 miles away. And I think I use like 400 watt hours per mile. So that's... uh All of this doesn't happen with a Tesla. It takes into
0: account weather, traffic, even wind speed and elevations to get you an accurate estimate of what you're going to need to get you to your next destination. And it tells you what you'll have in the battery when you get there so you can make an educated decision on how much longer to charge.
1: Tesla's supercharger network beats all other networks on all 10 points we just covered. They solved all the problems. They surpass on every metric. You can get anywhere in the country All 50 states have superchargers. You can
0: drive across this great country of ours pretty much any way you want to without having to think about it. The car will automatically navigate you from supercharger to supercharger without you having to do anything more than just say where you want to go. The car does the rest. But you know what? I don't even think I got to
1: the best part yet. Tesla is only getting better at building more stalls per location with higher charging speeds than just a few years ago at better locations with more amenities. And they're continuing to build more and more superchargers every
0: week. And as they build each new location, it makes existing locations even
1: better. How? Because now there's less volume of cars at existing locations. So Tesla just updated their supercharger map here to show soon-to-be locations. So let's take a look. Red dots are existing supercharger locations and gray dots are soon-to-be
0: locations, many in the next quarter or two.
1: Now I know it's a bit overwhelming because it's just a bunch of dots on a map. So let us show you a part of the world that we know really well, okay? We travel around here a lot. So let us show you a few new supercharger locations coming soon and how they demonstrate that Tesla knows what they're doing.
0: To make it easier, let's go to supercharge.info. Their maps are actually even easier to read. Uh, Red dots are existing superchargers. Blue dots are permitted superchargers. So they pulled the permits, but they haven't built anything yet
1: orange cones are superchargers under construction. And what's really cool is that supercharge.info uses permit information to show much more accurate locations than Tesla's map does. Because on Tesla's websites, a lot of times they'll be like, we're building the supercharger in Burlington, so the dot appears near the center of Burlington, when in fact, Well, for instance, take a look at this one. The supercharger in Burlington,
0: Massachusetts, is going to be at the Burlington Mall. It's an excellent location. Not only is it right off of two major highways, but it's also a very popular mall.
1: See how the dots are now circling the city of Boston along a major corridor? Tesla continues to fill in the puzzle, making the whole network stronger and more useful every time they open a new supercharger. Let's take a look here south of the city of Boston. See this spot here near Hanover where there's a permitted supercharger? or New Bedford, where they're building one right now. These are
0: locations that may not have been necessary in the beginning, but are now giving drivers more choices. And again, they're on major corridors. And again, it's hard to understand how amazing the Supercharger network is until you experience it. When you combine the world's most amazing charging network with the most amazing cars you get, well, an amazing experience. While you're charging for the 20 minutes at a Supercharger, you can watch Netflix or YouTube, or you can play a game.
1: Supercharging, actually becomes something you look forward to. Can you say that about going to a gas station? Now, Jesse and I are really excited to get our Rivian pickup truck, but the one thing about that truck that gives me pause is that when we head off for an adventure, I'm worried that I won't be able to just hop in and drive off to the mountains or to the sea like I can with Tesla. I'll have to plan routes and destinations dependent upon other charging networks. Charging networks that I know are gonna be problematic for all the reasons we talked about. More expensive charging, chargers that may be full or not working or closed. Chargers that will definitely
0: be slower and have less amenities. It won't be seamless, it won't be worry-free,
1: and it won't be fun. The truck might be fun, but the long distance driving won't be. And if you're hoping like me, that Rivian will build out a charging network like they said they would, well, according to the Department of Energy website, they haven't built any yet. That's not a good sign if you ask me because they didn't just announce this last week, they announced it months ago. But I hear what you're saying.
0: Why would a car company need to open their own chargers when there are public options available? Number one, guaranteed experience. Basically everything we just talked about in this episode.
1: Yeah, having a good network helps sell cars. Last year, Tesla sold over 350,000 EVs in the US. Compare that with Ford's 27,000 or GM's 25-ish thousand.
0: GM and Ford don't have the production to support anywhere near what Tesla's pumping out, but if they did, I don't think they would sell because every single Maki and Bolt off the lot is another EV in a charging spot. The public network that exists today will see more use, which will cause it to break or be full
1: at a much worse rate. These car brands will see their sales dry up as the chargers break and the media gets wind of the story. The second reason car companies should make their
0: own chargers is that charging companies aren't really that viable. Here's ChargePoint's earnings for as long as they've been public.
1: Um, you mean losses?
0: Yeah, they've never been profitable. And since their SPAC, investors have been losing interest. Okay, but what about uh, Electrify America? Well, I'd love to show you their earnings, but they're actually a subsidiary of Volkswagen. Aha! They have a charging network. Well, not really. It was all part of the Dieselgate settlement. Volkswagen had to put $2 billion into making the Electrify America network and 6 billion euros into making the Ionity network in Europe. You can see why everyone likes the Ionity (laughs) network better. So we can't see their earnings, but they do have to report to California Air Resources Board every year and tell them how much money they spent because that's all they really had to do. And so through 2020... That's all up until 2021. They spent over $800 million. Wait, this is just a
1: spending plan.
0: Well, they call it an investment plan. Uh, But yeah, it's like, how do we spend $2 billion as fast as possible? Which, I mean, is great. We've seen an exploding network of chargers, but how long
1: will this business model last? Yeah, I mean, it's a dog and pony show for the government that mandated they spend $2 billion. And so it's not just that car
0: companies would benefit from having chargers as a selling point for their EVs, it's that charging companies don't make enough revenue and have
1: either been relying on shareholders or dieselgate money to stay in business. People think that you just pull the pumps out of a gas station and replace them with chargers, but it all comes down to the reduced price of fuel and the increased time to charge standalone stations won't work. There needs to be a different business model, and many can exist, but what we have
0: so far in the US will not be adequate. Car companies wishing to survive will need to make a useful network, not chargers at dealerships, not some here and there, but a strong, robust network that can stand on its own and be strengthened by other networks.
1: So, this is all to say if you need another reason to be bullish about Tesla, The supercharger network is one of Tesla's most insurmountable moats. There are
0: so many reasons to love a Tesla. They are the safest cars on the road. They will be the first to fully drive themselves. They are incredibly fun to drive, but I have to be honest, if the supercharger network didn't exist and I had to charge my Tesla on the other charging networks we talked about, it just wouldn't be the same.
1: Yeah, without superchargers, a Tesla is like a beautiful suit of armor without a squire to help put it on or help take it off. (laughs)
0: without superchargers, a Tesla is like a super powerful computer that isn't hooked up to the internet.
1: You know what? These aren't exactly the right metaphors. Uh, Comment down below with your metaphor on what a Tesla would be like without the supercharging network. Uh, We're going to read one or two of these that we like on Tesla Time News next week. And I think one of the biggest takeaways from the supercharger network is the number of stalls at each location. We just showed you that if you add up the number of locations from all the other networks, it does outnumber superchargers in the US. So you might be like, well, Tesla superchargers don't look that powerful anymore, do they? But they still don't beat the number of stalls that Tesla has. Exactly. And the key number is when you pull into a location, whether it's to pump gas or to fill up your car with electricity, if there's only one or two chargers there, it's not going to be reliable. It's either going to be broken or someone else is gonna be parked there, and you just can't take that. I mean, I have a story from the other night. We were driving back from New Hampshire, we pulled into a supercharger location that has eight stalls, and they were all taken. And it was like, oh my gosh, we need some juice. We waited in line, we were second in line. It took about seven minutes before we were at a charger, and then we started charging. That's not ideal, it would be great if they were always open, but this was like a super crowded night, people were coming back from skiing, and that's the wait we had if that had been almost any other charging network, we probably wouldn't have gotten home that night. Exactly, because yeah, you have a eight stall supercharger.
0: There's a good chance that someone is about to leave. Right. The more stalls you add, the the greater the chance that there's more turnover.
1: And Tesla tracks every single charger. I mean, we've been to their headquarters where they've got a big screen that shows what's going on. That second, every supercharger in the world, they can look at that data and go, you know what? That corner of the world's pretty busy. We need to open another supercharger location there.
0: And they've been doing a great job at not only adding new locations, but also keeping up with demand. Uh, Tesla has been selling, as we've said in this episode, they sold 350,000 EVs in the U.S.
1: last year. So that's a lot of cars that are going to need supercharging. And if you don't drive a Tesla, you may never have seen these. These are locations where there's not just eight chargers. There's 24 or 50. What other charging network have you ever heard of that's building that many chargers at a location?
0: Now, we're not talking about Europe. We're not talking about the UK. I know that uh, things are a little bit rosier in Europe. Uh, a lot of that has to do with Audi and mm-hmm. the fact that uh, so they got three times they more got money. Squeezed a little bit. Of, you know, VW got squeezed a little harder, and so yeah, everything's a little bit rosier. And generally, people don't drive as far and stuff like that. Right. But in the US, we're talking mostly, specifically in the US, and and I also hear this other point. But Zach and Jesse. The, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, $7.5 billion dollars that is going to be invested in fast chargers. Oh, this sounds so good. I want to slow down here for a second. So we have Electrify America, which is going to go bankrupt at some point because they didn't set out to make a company. <laughs> it's they, not a real business. They set out to spend $2 billion, right. which is, they're doing a great job. And now we're going to add $7.5 billion. That's amazing. If you do the math, you compare the roughly a billion dollars that they've already spent, America America's already spent on making 730 chargers. That gets you to 5,500 chargers, which is about exactly the same network
1: that we have today. Right. It's all about number of stalls and the charging speed at those stalls. So again, if you build out a charging network with about two stalls at every location that don't pump out much juice, it's worthless. You cannot rely on that as a driver. I'm just gonna put it out there. I don't think that that's going to be enough. And so when we talk
0: about other car brands needing to add charging to their lineup, basically, this is what I'm saying. They need to have places where I, as a Ford owner, Can guarantee that I will have a spot, that it will
1: work, and that I will feel good going to those chargers. And if you're wondering why Ford or GM doesn't build out their own charging network, well, think about it this way to start building out a charging network and to get to any meaningful number, let's say a thousand chargers, uh, you're gonna need to spend about $3 billion. And what is Ford and GM doing right now? They're spending that money on EV factories, which their shareholders are like, okay. But if you told your shareholders at Ford and GM, we're going to spend $3 billion on a charging network, the shareholders would go, "Uh, how much money are you going to make off that? And they'd be like, well, Tesla doesn't really make anything off the superchargers, so nothing.
0: And this is where I would say the the big auto manufacturers are getting a $7.5 billion subsidy. Yeah. They can go, oh, yeah, don't worry about charging. Didn't you hear Joe Byron? Joe Byron Joe Byron said that we were gonna have charging. Byron! I don't think that it's going to work that well. And yeah. I I'm just I'm looking at something and I'm saying, I think this is gonna turn into a train wreck.
1: Yeah, and you know what? It's a really good point. This isn't helping Tesla at all. Uh Tesla drivers do not use other charging networks because they don't need to. It's not that we're too aloof or anything like that, it's just that they suck. And so there's we don't need to. And so if you spend 7.5 billion on charging, you're not helping Tesla one bit. And
0: that is what you're going to be helping Ford. You're going to be helping GM. And that's great. It's great. I am not. I'm I not actually against public I, charging. It'd I actually great.
1: don't think you're helping them. And I actually am kind of against it. This idea of, oh, don't worry, the government's
0: going to. Pay for all the charging networks. I don't think it's going to work. And yeah. I and and you go and you look at Charge Points uh, numbers. They're not making any money. They're right. losing money. Find me one other company besides Tesla that's actually making money, making
1: charging infrastructure. And, and, and that's a really good point. Tesla's making money from their superchargers because it's part of the car experience. It's not separate from the car experience. Exactly. And there really is no other model that works, in my opinion. And that is. The big problem with public charging that's done wrong is that it's actually going to hurt Ford and GM because you might think getting into that brand new Mach-E that, yay, this is going to be great. Guess what? Go look around on the Internet. Look at people who are excited about their Mach-Es and then nine months later sold them. Do you know why? One of the biggest reasons is charging. They were like. I thought this was going to be like Tesla. And then I learned the hard way as I began to learn what this really means is that the infrastructure wasn't there.
0: I think that there are other charging models. I think that there are other companies that can get into it, you know, say like a Target or a Walmart and it's like, oh, come to our Target. Here's you can
1: why stay here for a little bit. and check here's, the shop. Here's why you can't. I think it could have worked before Tesla came on the scene and it might have even helped some of the other car manufacturers, but I don't think it'll work today. And the reason is Tesla's don't need that charger at. Uh, target. And so and since Tesla's are the biggest market share, why would target want to spend money on a very small market share? I see. So you're saying that model threes wouldn't be going to target? Well, I mean, they go to target, but not because of the money target just spent on charging. they're, They're happy as is. We've already got a great charging network. Right. And so if you're a target and you're looking at, well, we're going to put in this charging, let's see who's going to use it. And someone says, well, here's the pie. And most of the drivers today in America are in Tesla's. So we're going to spend all this money to get a few bolts. I don't think they're going to want to spend the money for it. And I mean, that does come down to the problem with with plug connectors. And how basically all these CCS chargers aren't going to be useful for Tesla, which is fine. This is why it's a moat. I mean, this is why we're talking about the supercharger network basically just cut off the other car manufacturers at the knees. Now, they could have gotten in early enough and not had the moat, but they waited too long. And I think it's impossible to come back. And this is why I was so excited about Rivian when they announced their adventure charging network. Because I'm like, yes, an electric car company that gets it. And then I waited month after month to see where they were opening. and. I haven't seen any open. Now, maybe they're in super stealth mode and they're all going to open at once. But I haven't even seen any pictures from you guys. And you guys are some of the best spies out there. So I think we would have heard about it. I think it was a big press release. Why? Because they were doing an IPO and they wanted the market to be super excited. And then nothing really happened. I think that there's still time for Rivian to
0: do it. I think that it makes sense for Rivian to do it, especially because they are a electric only charging. I agree. I'd love them to do it. It's just they're not doing it right. But I mean, they're still ramping up production of the trucks. You know, they have to they have it's going to take some time. And I I agree. Each each month is Tesla digging a bigger moat. It's true. And especially once the Cybertruck comes out and you can supercharge your Cybertruck, but you can't supercharge a Rivian, you're going to start to go. Maybe I don't want the Rivian.
1: And this is the thing. When you listen to auto analysts about the stock prices of things like tesla do they ever really talk about the supercharger network i hardly ever hear them saying anything more than lip service about well they have a lot of chargers they don't understand it most of them don't drive it and so they don't understand what kind of moat we're talking about here
0: thank you so much for watching this episode of in-depth we hope you enjoyed it hit the like button if you liked any of the points we brought up in this video it helps uh, the growth of this channel and if you haven't subscribed yet You should subscribe because we do uh, Tesla Time News every Tuesday. We do an In-Depth every week. We'll see you next week. Now you know. know. Thank you so much for watching till the end of the show. Now, uh, I know you didn't get anything for Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. 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 It's Monday. (laughs) Monday. This Monday coming up. The one coming up. Not enough time to order anything, right? What if you could digitally download something that was actually meaningful? Yeah. Not an e-card. No, no, no. (laughs) A real special gift special gift for tesla owners what can they get right now uh we have a we have a light show so all you need is a thumb drive just any old little thumb drive you got laying around but they They don't want like a hip-hop light show a beautiful i spent many hours working on it it's a beautiful jazz light show it's romantic very romantic so I'm just saying you do have time to download this. That's I true. don't think you have time to go get the diamond necklace or whatever. The you know that all the jewelry places are going to be packed and the flowers are all going to
1: be gone and everything like that. Good good yeah 5 minutes and you've got yourself a Valentine's Day present.
0: That's what and then when you say oh yeah your presents in the mail it's cuz of the cuz of the chip shortage or whatever, you know, I don't know how that pertains to you know whatever nice thing you got them. Don't worry, you'll have at least something. <laughs> you, you slackers. But yeah, you can pay what you want, and every dollar that you spend is going to be going to. Now we act. It is a
1: five hundred one c three charity. Yeah, so head over to Eco right now. We'll put the link in the show notes below, and we won't tell anyone.